I am Christian. And I'm Angela. And we are married. And bored. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of the Married and Bored podcast. Yay, friends. We're happy to be talking with you again, and this time about uh, another game. Yes, that is what we do here. <laughs> we're not repeating any yet. <laughs> no, we, we're still doing new games, which I, want, I, I often wonder this, if we'll ever run out of games. Not possible. Will we run out of money before we run out of games? That's the, that's the kicker. Yeah, at the rate that I go, quite possible. Uh, we want to welcome you to this new episode again. We're here to talk about games, what's been going on with us, talk about our relationship. As always. And Christian, I know we've talked maybe once or twice before. Can you tell everyone um, what you're you know, snacking on and drinking this episode? <laughs> you love this, don't you? I um, do, because I'm just looking at what is laid out before him. Yeah, so I, I usually try to have, have treats uh, while we do this. Uh, I do have a, I do have some beer. Okay, uh, that's it, not so abnormal. Nope, it's in a mug. But then I was like, you know what I'm craving? I'm craving some candy. And the only candy that we had in the pantry was Starburst. And I grabbed a handful of Starburst, and then I and then I thought to myself, hmm, am I going to be unwrapping these the whole episode? And then you'd hear crinkly paper the whole time. So, <laughs> so no. what did you I do? I unwrapped about 13 Starbursts for episode 13. And they're all sitting on a fancy plate. In the kitchen, and I brought them in on a fancy plate. Well... I think this will go okay then. There won't be any unwrapping. However, I wonder about the chewing <laughs> going on. Maybe I'll pull a filling too and then like I'll have yeah. to stop the show for that. So if you hear any just lip smacking chewing, it's Christian over here. I have already finished my drink of choice, which was a coffee, the opposite of your beer. <laughs> yeah. So we are opposites, right? So um, sit back, grab your favorite drink treat uh feel free to unwrap all 13 of your starbursts and have them ready to go yeah or more or more that's right here we go let's dive in what is up with you these past couple weeks man what is up i mean the honest answer is not a whole lot (laughs) well we always want you to be honest with us and hopefully that's probably the same for all you guys out there we've been home We've been doing the the social distance, the uh, shelter in place, or whatever it's called. Yeah, there's um, a difference between shelter in place and shelter at home. I someone told me that. I'm not quite certain what the difference is, but I think we're at shelter at home. Okay, yeah, and in Arizona, that's where we are. I don't know what's going on. We're just not going outside. We're not going. We're not going out. We're doing the whole. We're following the rules, trying to make this thing go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but beyond that, we're obviously doing stuff inside. Uh, we're doing this podcast and we're playing some games. Um, and to touch on that, I have not really been in the gaming mood since this whole thing started. It's been very sad, but I think I understand. Do you? Because I not, don't think I do. <laughs> well, not with games, but with reading. So, just one sentence of background. I usually read quite a bit. Okay. So that's your... Like over 60 books a year. Okay. Wow. And Well, I'm just saying. So people <laughs> have perspective. So I am i haven't been as um, into reading. Mm-hmm. Maybe I just can't settle my mind down enough or something. Yeah, there's... 
I'm wondering if anyone else out there is experiencing the same thing of something that like maybe brings you joy, Marie Kondo. Um, <laughs> that so like obviously we do this podcast about games, so games are very important to us. And I find myself after work being at home all day, in my office all day, and it's great. I get to have lunch with you and the kids. Yep, we're all together all the time. Most of the time, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. And, and if everyone's out there is doing it as well, you know what I'm talking about. Um, then at the end of the night, you, it's like, I don't know if I want to spend two hours playing, you know, Rebellion or Marvel. Like, I just, for whatever reason, it doesn't sound fun. It's kind of sucking the, I don't know, the fun out of a hobby for yeah, you for yeah. some reason. And maybe it's just like a hot, cold season and this is mm-hmm. the cold part and it just happens to fall right at the same time as all this. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's just really weird. Like... I'm happy to be here and talk about the game we're going to talk about. Um, but beyond what we played there, I haven't been playing all that much. Yeah, and you've been playing games um, probably once a, once a week still. Mm-hmm. It's just that's way less than what you normally do. Oh, yeah. We are like three, four, yeah. five, six, maybe even seven times a week. Seven times a week? I don't week? think we've ever done no. that many games. Um, but so... On the opposite side of that, I did do an impulse buy uh, this week on Amazon. Because when you're not really feeling playing games, the best thing to do is just buy a new game. That's right. Of course. You know you know me. I know. Um, I had, and to be fair, I had a gift card, a birthday gift card, burning a hole in just my wallet. It was, a hole. it was getting so hot in there yeah. that I had to just, I had to pull the trigger on something. And I we have had so many people tell us that we need to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and for us it would mean play this game again because we had had it years ago when it first came out. Um, And that's Arkham Horror, the card game. Yeah. Um, So I just grabbed a corset on Amazon with that gift card and I've played it, um, well, we've played it like four times, three times. It's been the anomaly in his board game rut. Yeah. Um, And I actually tried playing it solo once, which is not what I normally do. (gasps) I was so proud of him. (laughs) I, I just really wanted to play this game for whatever reason, so that, not for whatever reason, but for the reasons that people said on our Instagram. Um, so shout out to My Arms Colder Than Yours on Instagram. He kept on pushing hard for this one, and yep. I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I have to agree, I'm having a lot of fun learning this game all over again. So bravo. This might have brought him slightly out of his rut. Yeah, it did bring me a little bit of gaming joy this Isn't past week. Isn't that nice? So yeah, it's been fun. I, I'm really interested in what we can do beyond the core box, whether that's expansions or the new things that are coming from Fantasy Flight with those like little investigator packs. I think that's more interesting to me now than it was 10 days ago when I didn't have this game. So Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I've been doing that. I've been doing... A little bit of tabletop simulator because tis the season. You can't get together with the people you normally get together with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel the same way about tabletop simulator that I do about board games in general right now. It's just there. <laughs> like You're we not have really feeling we it. have to use it, and I understand it. Uh, Angela and I played Mansions of Madness. Madness. <laughs> Mansions of Madness. <laughs> with with some good friends of ours uh, a week ago, and we did have a good time. But there's just something missing about the whole thing. Sure. Where Angela and I are sitting on our computer and our friends are sitting at their computer. And there's just, it's just not 
what board games are supposed to be. Oh, yeah, it's true. I mean, we get why. It's like the bet the 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 least worst thing because we can't see each other and so if we have to we'll use it but it's not as it's not our first choice no. and it just it is the sign of the times i guess mm-hmm. i do enjoy it for just dinking around with games i don't have if there's a mod for that like okay so let's see what nemesis is about now I'm not going to read the 97 page rule book for Nemesis, but I got to look. That at... does not seem right up your alley no. at all. Uh, so I got to like see what all the cards looked like, the chits, the stuff, and just see what a game layout would look like, and mess around with that. And there's other games I've done that too as well. So I do get some sort of like entertainment out of that. But okay. yeah, yeah, it's still not the way I prefer to play games, but I'm I'm here to do it, and uh, I will do it some more. That was a that was quite a big update. You shared your heart. Yes. And you let us in to that side of you. You know what you should do? I'm going to have an unwrapped, treat yourself. I'm going to have an unwrapped starburst. Treat yourself with a starburst. Oh no, now he's chomping. Okay. <laughs> What's I, up with you? He can't say it, so I'll just jump in. Um, okay, well, uh, recently on Instagram, um, I think it was at Hero of the Meeple. Uh, tagged us in a challenge that was, I think it was called the COVID game challenge or COVID, COVID challenge, something like that. There's so to, many COVID challenges. You know, to bring a, a game to the table that you haven't opened on your shelf. And it kind of took me down the Instagram rabbit trail of uh, sh- like the shelf of shame. I was reading comments and people were like, oh yeah, we recently pulled this game off our shelf of shame. And I had to ask Christian, like, what's a shelf of shame? I've never, I've never heard of this. And I mean, most of you are probably laughing. So I will just say I had never heard of that. It's yeah. where your all the games go that you have never played. Correct? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's correct. I honestly, I I can only assume that's what it was. I don't know um, if there's like a rule where it's like if it, you haven't played it in such a long time that it just re-enters the shelf of shame. Well, I think there's probably versions. Like some people are like, I haven't if I haven't played this game in a year, it's okay. going on the shelf. If I've never opened it, it's going on the sh- like if I opened it but didn't play it. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of levels there, but my understanding is it's just a game you own but has never played. Okay. So, and this specific challenge was to open and play a game that you have never played that's on your shelf. And we did have one. It won. Because Christian had a birthday at the end of February. And I found Jaws at Target on clearance, so I picked it up for him. And so we did have one that we hadn't played. But it was funny because... We, in general, don't have a shelf of shame. No. And if you've listened to our episode 10, go back and listen to it if you haven't. Um, we do a little quiz at the end where we... <laughs> oh, that's uh, the, that was our yeah, that was our 10 show episode anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> where Christian has to guess how many games are in our game room here. Oh, my God. And we have played every single one of those. At least once. At least once. Yep. Oftentimes, multiple times, and I would say the majority of them are on a regular rotation. Yeah, we we like, we tend to like the games we buy. 
Yeah. So the concept of the shelf of shame was very new to me. And uh, I don't know, like, I'm curious to hear more. I'm not judging anyone that has a shelf of shame, but why? Why do they have one? Yeah. Why? I th- I've been... I've been reading up on this topic. Okay. Not really. Well, I've been thinking I've me. been thinking about it and I've read some like articles, not articles but like threads online or whatever, but like um board game people, us included. Sure, we're 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 part of the community. Yeah, they get we get caught up in the hype. I I definitely do yeah. of of an unreleased game. Mm-hmm. And when it gets released, everyone's like, "Whoa, oh my gosh, look at this game." So you just buy it. And you just have to, yeah, you have to buy it. And it's, there's this weird thing alongside that is that board gamers feel like they have to play every new game that comes out. Okay. And if you look at that with like a different hobby, like if your hobby was movies, do you see every movie that comes out every year? No. No, you don't. Because you don't have, you don't have the time. But you see the ones that and you are don't have Oscar the money. nominated. That's right. You see the, the ones that you want to. Yeah. And so, like, there's a lot of feeling that you need to play everything okay. so that you can be so knowledgeable at all the new games. Which I guess... So, like, there's a people who are just, like, pan- panic buying. That's not the right term to use today, but... <laughs> right, in the current global situation. <laughs> but they're just like, oh, my gosh, this Kickstarter is going off the chain. Boom, buying it. And then they get it, and then it's just like, well, I don't have time... To play this game that has 1,600 miniatures. Would you say their gaming eyes are bigger than their gaming stomach? Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going on. Yeah, so that's how I feel about that. And maybe as we get more and more into the gaming world, like I can tell we're buying games more frequently than we ever have. But we're also playing them. So there isn't a shelf of shame... There wasn't really one to begin with, but now there's definitely not one because now we've played Jaws and yeah. we extended the challenge to other people. So that was a new term for me. I'm just mulling that over in my brain, trying to understand that. Yeah, let me let me ask you a question then really quick along the same lines. Well, I wasn't prepared for this I know, question. that's what I love doing. Um, <laughs> so you had mentioned that we have so many games back there behind us where we're yeah. recording now. If we had to take one or two and put them on a shelf of shame, one that we haven't played maybe as much as you wanted or you're just not interested anymore, and then what? which ones would those be? Um, well, ones that we haven't played in a while, probably over a year. Yeah. The Godfather, Carleone, Carleone's Empire. Corleone. Corleone, yeah. is that how you say it? Yeah. I'll make you an offer. You can't refuse. You sound just like him, yep. <laughs> um, listen, if you're going to ask me questions, yeah, you better right. be prepared I'm for ready. my on off-script answer. I am prepared. Um, we haven't played Wasteland Express Delivery Service in probably over a year because <clears throat> that's your fault. That's so, true. It's not my favorite. Um, I don't know. I would agree with those two, and then I would I would throw, personally, Detective on there. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. Yeah, now that we've um, experienced Chronicles of Crime and talked about that in a previous episode, so... Yeah, just just wondering. That's good. Okay. So maybe we do have a shelf of shame if your criteria is just hasn't been played in the last 12 months. Yeah, I mean, it can be whatever we want it to be. 
All right. What well, else is going on? What else is going on with me? Okay, guys. Um, I, because Christian has not been that into games, I have been playing a lot of solo games recently. And that's okay. No, no hard feelings. I have been enjoying working through our current collection in a solo manner um, because we have a lot of solo games, even though we, we didn't necessarily buy them for that reason. There's just a lot to choose from. And spoiler alert, we're going to be putting out a bonus episode, um, hopefully this week, that will um, be about solo gaming experience and since I am normally the solo gamer, it will probably be Angela Heavy. <laughs> but Christian will still be in here, um, adding his color commentary as That's he right. does. That's right. Um, and hey, you mentioned that you played Arkham uh, Horror Solos. Yeah, so. I don't want to talk too much about it because I I failed miserably in many ways. Oh, um, not okay. just losing the game, but in other ways as well as oh. I did it solo. <laughs> um, but yeah, huh. I I think it's fun. I. I was looking at our games like we did the other night, and I'm just surprised at how many games these days have a one-player variant. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's kind of required now. Like, if you get, unless a game is, like, specifically made for, like, two. But if you're, like, a one to four, or one to five, like, it's so common now. It is very common. More so than it used to be. And just because it says one to four on the box doesn't mean it offers a great solo experience. No, so, that's true. Um, that's also good to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, that's, can I ask you just with a yes or no, Okay. no explaining because maybe it'll come up in the solo bonus episode. Um, did I say that right? Solo bonus episode. Solo bono. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful with what I say there. Um, one of the things I'm going to predict that one of the things you did really wrong <laughs> Yeah. In Arkham Horror when you played solo. Yeah. Because just background for all of you out there, I was not in the house. I was out grocery shopping. <laughs> I'm going to guess that one of the things you did really wrong was that you're not good at keeping track of all the rules when you're the only player. Mm. No. Really? No. I was pretty good at keeping track of the rules. Okay. Um, but yeah. We can expand on that later. Okay. Oh, it's a tease. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to come back with our main segment where we will be talking about Root. Root. That's beautiful. This episode is sponsored by Show It. Hey, Christian, why do we love Show It? Well, we love it because we are terrible at designing websites. That is true. And, and- we were able to make our site using show it in a couple hours yeah if you're stuck in like some boring website site template you need to check out show it and experience what they have to offer it's really simple it's drag and drop and our website if you've never been there is beautiful if i may say so myself yeah, we use show it to make it and you can get started for free show it.co check it out All right, guys, we're back for our main segment. We're going to be talking about Root. I'm going to start us off with a little description. Is that okay with you as you chew your Starburst? Mm-hmm. Okay. Root. This is a competitive game for two to four players by Leader Games. So shout out to Minnesota because that is where it's based. Yeah, St. Paul. 
In the game, players take on the role of different forest animal factions who try to be the first to earn 30 victory points um, by building buildings and spreading their tokens, battling, crafting items, forming alliances in some cases, so on and so forth. Beyond the space game, which is two to four players, there can also be up to six players with eight different faction choices, and one of more, one or more of which can now be automated, like a mechanical player. Yeah. And because of that, there's also now a solo variant. What? Whoop. What have you been playing the past two weeks? Not gonna tell. <laughs> Let's see if people can guess. Yeah. So that's the description of what is going on with Root. Yeah, Root has been a crazy popular game since it came out, I think, in 2018. Um, it is It flies off the shelf every time it's at one of our local game stores. Mm-hmm. I think we've seen it in stock at least probably once, maybe twice, at our favorite store. And it, it, every time we've gone, we've just been like, ooh, do we get it? Do we not? Like, mm-hmm. And then we, when, once we decided to buy this game... We couldn't find it. Right. That's so, true. Uh, yeah. And if you've played it, you know why. And if you haven't played it, you you should probably know of it because it yeah. is so popular right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's break down this game. Yeah. And again, we, we'll just touch on this. Why we break it down, we look for five uh, areas of a game on why we play it and why that are important to us yeah and why a game makes it into our our collection and onto our table Mm -hmm. so the first one we like to talk about is the ease of setup and teardown angela okay here are my thoughts it's not super easy to set up um it's a little bit easier to tear down just because uh you can scoop components into bags quicker (laughs) than you can set them out um but there are a lot of components. So there's meeples, there's cards, there's a game board, there are like cardboard chits, there's player boards, um, there's probably other stuff I'm forgetting off the top of my cards. head. Cards? Did you say cards? I said cards, but then like some of the factions have, like I'm thinking of the stones that the otters come with. Oh yeah, there's so many um, different things, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of different things. Everyone's setup is different, so... Th- so there's a game setup, like setting up the game board. But then another thing is that everyone has to set up their own individual faction. Yeah. And so. one, of the, one of the things that makes this game unique is that there are the amount of factions that we mentioned. So if you have the core box, you get four factions. And each faction plays this game differently. So in a traditional board game, maybe... Everyone takes the same actions, right? But in this game, because I'm playing the cats, I play this game way differently than you. Right. And And normally you'd be able to say in a setup like, okay, everyone's going to get five cards. Everyone's going to put their five meeples in these places. Yep. Everyone's going to put these tokens on their board in this way. You can't do that with this game. No, because everyone is so unique. Some people don't even start with meeples on the board. <laughs> Some people start with 10 plus meeples on the board. Yeah. Um, but one thing that this game does do well that helps you set it up is that each of those boards, those faction boards that you get. So if I decide that I want to be Marquis de Cat, the cats, I just grab my orange board and I turn it over and it tells me exactly what I need to do. True. 
It does take some, you know, translating if you're new to games on what all that means. Mm-hmm. And it's always good to play this game, I feel, with somebody who's played it before to help speed everything along. Yeah, which will probably, I'm going to, I think, I'm going to at least talk about more about that and learning how to play. Because yeah. that's definitely key. For sure. Um, one more thing about setting up and tearing down is um, it's because of the player board Christian was describing, it can get easier mentally to set up. Like you're not constantly looking up how to set up. But because there's so much going on, it's still time consuming. So I've played this game quite a bit um, since we've gotten it in the last, what, month? Six weeks? Yeah, they had it in stock at the beginning of March, I think. And so we snagged a copy. Okay, so like six weeks-ish. Yeah. A little less. So I've been playing this game a lot. And I don't need to refer to the player board or the rule book anymore. You could quiz me right now on how to set up any of the four core factions and I'd probably <laughs> know how. But that doesn't mean that I it takes me any less time. I still have to physically get the components out there and it, it does take time. Yeah, but then at the, the opposite end of that is if there's one specific faction that you just haven't played very much... Like, you're still going to have to read it and figure it out. Like, yeah. Because there, there are so many factions, and they all are all are so different. Mm-hmm. I would be... I know there are people out there who have it all down. Like, that's that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, I I literally have a an award from work that was given to me, kind of tongue-in-cheek, <laughs> saying that, like, the game master, because I know all these rules to all these games whenever we have game nights at work. Mm-hmm. Now, to be fair, I'm the person putting on these game nights. So, so you like, better know. So I have to know all these <laughs> rules, and I do study before I go there. But, like, this game, this game blows my mind. Like, I have to read a lot mm-hmm. to remember what's going on. So, that's how we feel about Set Up and Tear Down. It's not for the faint of heart to Set Up and Tear Down. No, but once you get it, it's worth it. Yeah. Okay. How accessible is learning to play? Yeah, we are always looking for games that we can introduce to our non-gaming friends, our lighter gaming friends, and then people you know like us as well who are, are in it deep into games. Yeah. Um, and, and so then, that's kind of where this category comes into play. And if it's not accessible to learn how to play, it doesn't mean it's a deal breaker. It just means it better have another redeeming quality. Yeah, for sure. This okay. game is difficult to learn. It is. It's it's, uh, it's a lot of mental work. Um, well, let's start with something we just described. Every single person plays different. Yes. Has different mechanics. Has Now, in a sense, we're all, I mean, truly, we're all aiming for the same goal. We're all trying to get 30 victory points. Yeah, everyone has the same goal in this game to get those points. But how you get those points is so different. It's different. Yep, there's a lot going on, um, which means that there's a lot of depth and specific strategy to each faction, which is cool. And maybe, perhaps you could say, um, is an argument for that it's a better game in the long run. But to learn how to play this, I mean, I can't imagine teaching this to to a (laughs) non-gamer. Hey, do you want to come over and play a game about cute woodland animals? And most people would probably say, "Uh, okay. And, and then you throw this one down and you would probably lose a friend. Yeah, if they're not a gamer, this is not, 
I don't know. <laughs> Maybe someone out there has a different opinion on that, but they've got to be ready to have gaming terminology and strategy and just a me- the mental workout that strategy is. Yeah, unless they're willing to go through it and or everybody's on the same page, like you're all learning it together, then maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's a very hard one to introduce to to new players. Mm-hmm. And I and there's even for someone who's used to games, there's a certain level of difficulty because no one's working together. So they're gonna you're gonna throw them this player board, and yes, you can teach them how to play as they go, but you also have to keep track of who you're playing and how to play your person and yeah you kind of have to trust that your other players are doing the right thing because the first couple times you play you're so consumed into you know what are my lizard cult people doing and how Mm -hmm. do i even get points with these guys right and you see the cat player is doing the exact same thing like you just have to trust that he's doing it right yeah yeah and um one of the marks, kind of for me, I, I'm. This is probably not like a, like it's a hundred percent true all the time, but just off the top of my head, if a game is really accessible to learn how to play, I don't usually have to refer to the rule book a lot. I am constantly referring to this rule book and looking up things on BGG forums because there is a lot to unpack. I would say I've probably played this wrong in different ways many times. I would say <laughs> Which I would say is okay. I know you would. <laughs> oh. And I would say there's people out there on BGG that like me are playing this game wrong. Yeah. Um here's the deal guys. We were first introduced to what strategy board games through a bunch of fantasy flight games. Modern board games, yeah. Um, and maybe it's because we started there that that's why I feel this way, but I really dislike the rule book. Sorry. In root. In root. Yeah. I really do. There's three of them. Um, I, I don't even know how to describe what the difference is. One is supposed to be like a rules reference. The law, the law of root. Although it doesn't function like I think a rules reference should function. Like with keywords and then i'm probably not explaining this well and then there's a smaller one that like walks you through um like some key turn elements that most factions have right albeit at different times and in different ways and then and then it kind of walks through and then there's a smaller book that walks through like two full turns like an extended player example Mm -hmm. i Hate player examples. <laughs> Mary takes one cat oh my and goodness. moves it to the clearing. I can't even stand it. Um, Hernando takes one. <laughs> it's just like nails on a chalkboard. I will read player examples um, just within a standard rule book if I'm really confused about the rule. Yeah. But an extended player example like this that walks four factions through two entire turns like it was it was really hard and i know there's some people out there that just like really like this rule book so maybe it's maybe it's based on what i started from i started from fantasy flight that always puts out a learn to play 
and then a rules reference, and my brain just gets used to that. Mm -hmm. But my brain did not work well with the root rule book. It's really hard for me to understand this rule book and where things are when I want to look them up. Yeah, it's definitely hard to find what you need. And this is something that I've also looked into a little bit more. And what root root at its core is is a war game. Like you're battling for area, you're trying to get troops off the board so that you can get your troops on and score more points. And from what I've learned is that a lot of war games out there, this is how their rule books are set up. They're breaking they're broken down by factions and everything your faction can do is listed in there. Uh, which is how Roots is. It's all broken up by factions. And then they have a few little, uh, what, are, what do they call it? They call it like key references in the very back, just like key rules that you want to make sure that they get correct. Um, I don't play a lot of war games other than this game, so I, I don't have any like comparison, but I, I guess that makes sense. And they've actually said, I think I remember reading somewhere that they made that choice as a designer to do it this way. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. I don't I don't know the perspective of a war game. Yeah, and, and neither do I. I agree with you. This rule book, it seems clunky to try to find something quickly. Gosh, clunky is a great word. Mm-hmm. You know what you need? Treat yourself with the Starburst. Starburst. <laughs> Got it. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. Um, I, I have We have been able to find information when we need it. It just takes a little longer, um, especially when you're first learning. To try to find like, okay, so can I even move this direction? You look and you're like, well, it doesn't say I can't, so I'm going to do it. Right. So. And I've heard many people on BGG uh, explain to people, like the answer to their question is just like, if the rule book doesn't say you can't, then you can. How do you feel about that? And that really rubs me the wrong (laughs) way, but that's a whole, I mean... That's just your rule thing. Do you guys want me to put out a bonus episode on just rules? Yeah, this is what I think you and need how to do. I, and how I feel about rules. In, in a next life or after this whole quarantine's <laughs> over, if anyone owns a game company and they need a rule maker or a rule book builder author, there you go, author. You can you can reach out to us. Uh, Angela is... Accepting yeah. uh, applications. That would be a, be a or... great... I don't. I don't. A great job I, for you. I'm not saying I could make rules. No, but you would, no. Someone else would make the rules, and then you would just write them down. Editor. Yep. A rule editor. Mm-hmm. Yes. I would. I would take the red pen and go circle. I do not understand what this rule is. You need clarification. Need clarification, or yeah. maybe a play tester. That would be cool too. Okay. Well. This is- Email us at hello at marriedandborn.com. We will playtest anything and also preview anything. That is that is a voice. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so the rule book is clunky. Learning to play is clunky. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best word. Um, but... If it is smooth for you, we think you're lying. It's fine. <laughs> Where we are now in this game... It was definitely worth it, which we will talk about later. He's jumping ahead. I know. I just I say the words, and I realize we have topics named after that, so I apologize. Number three. <laughs> okay.
okay, how immersive is this experience? So this is big for us. Um, usually this could be something that redeems a game that's really hard to set up or really hard to learn. If it's very immersive, this can be the thing that keeps us coming back. Um, so is this game immersive? Yes. If you want it to be. Okay. No, I, th- I think it's got, there's a lot of layers here. Um, my, my first note is, is very descriptive here. It says pretty immersive. <laughs> Christian's a man of few words yeah. when he when so, he writes notes. So there 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 is a story being told. The the rule book does a good job of setting the background into what has happened in the forest. The story, it's not a spoiler, is that you're just fighting over this forest in these forest clearings, and that's where all the action happens. Correct? And, yes, and I would say it does a good job of explaining um the history of the forest and why certain clans are the way they are. Um, I'm thinking specifically of the one that I usually play, which is the Eerie. So I guess I can't speak to like, is, is every faction built out and developed? Um, maybe not. I'm, I'm used to playing the one that I always play. So I feel like they do a good job of setting the background story. I'm just thinking of like our last episode Episode 12, listen in if you haven't. Um, quacks, they, there's no character development. There's no... Um, no, they just kind of tell you who you are. Yeah. You're so, a potion guy. So this one takes that... I mean, it's it's a step further for sure. There's, in the immersiveness, there there's a story being told. There's a reason why the forest has become this way. Mm-hmm. And why it is starting... The starting setup is the way it is. Um, and why your faction behaves the way it does. So that is cool. The mechanics that your faction operates by make sense within that story. Um, and, and for what character you are. So there's like a, there's a vagabond, which is a little uh, trash panda. <laughs> that, yeah, uh, a little raccoon. That slinks around in the forest clearings where no one else can be. He... Uh, behaves very differently because he does he doesn't have any warriors in battle but he collects things that he can he can trade to you like he's like a little he kind of collects garbage yeah he collects garbage to trade with you so he's like a little he is a trash panda yeah he's a raccoon it's pretty cool um and then there's you know there's the eerie which i think of as like these regal like almost the royalty of the forest that um, that operate by um, the decree, which stands above everything else. So even they will follow the decree, even if it leads to turmoil, turmoil, their yeah. demise. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all they're all really they're all really cool, and you can get some really cool immersive stuff. The one of my favorites is the Woodland Alliance. And they are like guerrilla warriors. They just kind of pop up in a clearing Mm -hmm. and they just destroy stuff really fast and then they go away. And then they pop up later and they destroy stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think think that's really fun that they all, because they play so different, um, there's some really cool, um, you know, not written down stories that are told, but like throughout the game, you can have some cool memories created. Yeah, and those mechanics mimicking the story are really awesome. So it's it's pretty immersive. And we like that 
the the rule book gives you like a history thus far and then depending on how the game plays out you kind of write history and what happens in the forest Mm -hmm. um the artwork on the cards and board is cool these creatures are depicted somewhat uh, adorably they're cute it's very cartoony it's they're very adorable. They're very cute. And as Christian mentioned, it's a war game at heart. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's so deceptive because if you... I, I think of this and like Everdell, mm-hmm. which are both woodland creatures. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, let's play woodland creature game, guys. And, you know, Everdell is cute because you build a town and there's crows and bunnies and squirrels. Yeah. And in this one, there's crows and bunnies and squirrels, but they kill each other. Yeah, they really do. <laughs> so it, it's 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 really neat. Mm-hmm. The art it's it's a deceptive uh, quality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, this is definitely not the most immersive game we have in our collection, but it does a good job of being pretty immersive. Yeah. Okay. Next category. Next category. Is it fun? And this is probably the most vague category in the sense that (laughs) things can be fun for different reasons there's be like oh are we having fun playing a drinking game or are we having fun like thinking and being rewarded for strategy and so we usually do a lot of explaining of what we mean yeah in this category what do you mean what do you mean by fun is this game fun christian um i have fun playing this game uh for the most part i i lose a lot um, he almost always loses. I would say 99%. I, I've never won this game. Let's be honest. Really? Uh, I Yeah, there's no oh. way. No way. I think I got close. Um, I was the uh, lizard, the the religious zealot lizards one time, and yeah. I got close. But beyond that, I have never... I've never gotten close. Do you remember when you played the lizards? Maybe it's probably the first time you played them and you didn't get over five victory points. No, (laughs) I don't remember that. I put that one quickly out of my mind. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, treat Uh, yourself to a starburst. Oh, starburst. Okay. Okay. That means you have to talk. Okay. Well, I don't know what you were going to say, but it is fun. I will say it is more fun the more you play it because when you're first starting out you're so focused on rules and learning how to play a specific faction that it it can only be so fun so as you get more fluid and smooth as it gets less clunky Clunky, should we say smooth out that clunk smooth it out (laughs) it gets more fun and we have to lower the curve right or what is it called lower the curve no what do we do what are we doing are we flattening yeah we have to flatten the clunk Flatten the clunk. <laughs> Alrighty. So it probably, I would also say it probably gets more fun the more people that play. Yeah. We... I am so looking forward to playing this game. Mm-hmm. No offense with more than you. <laughs> no offense taken. Because <laughs> um, I feel the same way. Because my favorite, the reason I have so much fun with this game is because it fits into my problem with games. It's that, not a problem. Well, it's just your it's, personality. It's, how, yeah. it's how, how I experience games and entertainment. I'm always looking for like the new experience. Mm-hmm. So there are six factions that we own because we do have one expansion to this game. And that means I could play this game six times and do something completely different every time. Yep. And I kind of have, except for 
I've never been the cats, which is like the the main one that you see everywhere. The orange, mm-hmm. you know, grumpy cats that the meeples look like. <laughs> I've never never been them, but everything else I've tried at least once, and it's and it's awesome. I have what I think will be my favorites once I play with more than two people. Yeah. Um, so I, I am definitely um, looking forward to those. Do you want to know what the... Oh, you do want to know what those are. Okay. Um, I'll let you know. <laughs> oh, okay. Christian's going to tell us. I'm really looking forward to playing the River Folk Company, which is the Otters. They're an expansion one. With more people. With more people because they're they're traitors. Mm-hmm. Not traitors. Not but, like a Benedict Arnold. Yeah, or Finn, FM2187 from Star Wars. Um they are traders, so they they go up and down the river on the map, and you can you can uh, buy their services. So it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do like the Woodland Alliance because they play so differently. Everybody plays differently, but this this one. And honestly, you know what? Let's just keep going. The Vagabond is really cool too because it's so different than anything else. So um, I just have a lot of fun trying all the other strategies for each faction. Would you say that that directly impacts your ability to not win? No, I'm really good at games. Um, I win most of the games I play. No, I'm serious. Like, don't you think that the fact that you play a new faction almost every time? Oh yeah, no, it contributes to the fact that you can't can't win. Yeah, and that's probably why I don't win a lot of the games I play in general. Mm-hmm. Beyond root, I'm just like, oh, I've never done this in this game, so let's just do it, and yeah. then. I, I don't I don't master a lot of things. Jack of all trades, master of none. You're a true renaissance man. You know what? I am. <laughs> you but, know, I think as long as you're okay with it, <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah, it's I I'm okay with not winning. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, this game this game is definitely not a great two player experience. So if you're if like the fun factor I'm thinking of we can only speak to the two-player experience, which can fall short, especially, especially since certain factions are like essentially unplayable with only two players. Yeah, like the river people that I mentioned, like you can't play it with just two people because it is all dependent on other people buying stuff from you. And if it's just two people, well... You I'm going to choose not to buy stuff from you. Yeah, and then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go watch something else while you just play Root against me. <laughs> but we dream, you know, a couple can dream of having a consistent Root group. Root group. <laughs> that meets and plays this. That's right. That's the goal, right? After this is all over. Um, and this is not just a perfect game for you because you like a new experience every time. It, it's a perfect game for me as well because I can perfect a specific faction. And you found one really early that you love. Yeah. Um, there are a couple that I don't mind playing, but I have like consistently been intrigued and trying to perfect the Eerie. Yeah, which are the birds, the mm-hmm. bird faction. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, just like it intrigues me the strategy of for those of you that know or for those of you that don't know you can buy the game play it and then you'll know (laughs) yeah there you go Um, but the the intriguing part for me about the eerie is that you you have to go into turmoil at some point so when and how and um that whole question yeah 
uh, is intriguing to me because I don't like, I, I think it's um, interesting that I can control my demise in a way that works for me so that not my, not losing the game demise, but like going into turmoil, no, I can like, control yeah, that. Your individual play style is like you choose a leader and like leaders in like old kingdoms or whatever, eventually they, they lose power and mm-hmm. they, and they, they either die or people, he can't do what he's supposed to do anymore. And so in this, in this game as the birds, eventually you're not going to be able to fulfill what this leader says you should do. Mm-hmm. And so you, that leader goes away and you have to get a new one. So it's very intriguing to me. Yeah. And I like that opportunity to perfect that. So it is fun. I wouldn't say we're all like laughing and having a great time. And maybe <laughs> if you play, I mean, most certainly if you play with more than two people, probably there's a sweet spot of like five Maybe I'm thinking, or yeah. four or five, four, maybe four to five. I would love to try six just to see how crazy that would be. I mean, this board is going to get packed, and there's going to be a lot of fights. There's going to be a lot of direct competition. Maybe even throw in a couple alliances that can get on your nerves. A couple factions that keep popping up when you don't want them to pop <laughs> up, and then you've got a game where people could get butt hurt real quick. So I don't know. That's true. If maybe the fun factor can diminish depending on who you're playing with, it'll yeah. be interesting to discover when we, um, in the future, create our root group. Root group. Root group. That's right. Hashtag root group. Who wants to be part of our root group? Yeah. If you're local to Gilbert, Arizona, let us know. We will meet with you after all of this COVID-19 is over. That's right. Okay. I was going to say chapter five. Yeah. Chap- chapter five. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so our last section that we talk about is, was all this worth it? Everything mm. we talked about, put a big stamp or bow on it. Was this worth it? Was this game worth it to us? Um, right now, yeah. I think it was worth it. Um, for for a few reasons that I'll touch on. Number one, it's so dang popular. Like, I felt like we had to do it. Mm. And mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not mad that we bought it. You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. I'm not disappointed that we bought it and we and we quickly realized that for a two player experience, it just doesn't have enough. Correct. I would agree. Yeah. Um, but we did figure it out that once we added the the River Folk expansion and we brought in the mechanical marquee, which is a, a, a bot or an automa or whatever you want to call it. That was key. Of the cat faction that opened up way more experiences for us Mm -hmm. yeah the core box was underwhelming i think for a two-player experience the core box just didn't do it for us and this is this is one of those games where at least the core box i'll say it says you can play it two to four and you can technically play a two to two-player game but it's obviously not created for two players Do you know what I mean? Like you start playing at two players and you're like, this can't be the full experience. Like there's something missing. And and maybe, well, you can probably speak to this a little bit more, but the the game even kind of acknowledges that and where the faction combinations come in. Yeah, I think because there are so many factions now and like, and we're talking about this is we have the core box 
and we have one expansion. There is another expansion that was on Kickstarter last year that is either just released or will be released, um, and they it, that adds two more um, factions to the game, and they're all weighted. And so, in the back of this Law of Root rulebook, which we you know so loved earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it does give values to each faction, and it just says, like, so if you want to play with four people, you need to pick factions that give you 21 points, and each of the factions are, you know, broken down into a certain amount of points. Yeah. So it will say, like, hey, you need to have at least 17 points when you play a two-player game, and then it'll list the points values for each faction. And then you quickly realize... That only gives you three choices. Yeah. And one of them we don't even have because it's from that new expansion. Right. Yeah. So it's it's very it's it's it is an underwhelming if you're talking two player. And if you're if you mostly play two player, there's way better two player games out there than Root. Oh yeah. Um or if you're mostly a solo player, there's way better solo player games out there than Root. Because now it has expanded to have a solo variant. I wouldn't like say that the solo game here is is outstanding. So that's that's just my two cents. I think there's better two player and better solo games out there, but overall we're really happy we bought it. Yes. Because we intend to have a root group. Root group. And there are some things that they're doing to to improve this. There are there are other bots um, that are out there. So in the expansion we bought, it does have the Marquis de Cat, which is, or not the Marquis de Cat, Mechanical Marquis, which makes the, the cats the, an automatic uh, player. But then um, on BGG, there's something called uh, the Better Bot Project for this game. And I think, I could be wrong, uh, Leader Games is, is working with them to, to release new bots for the game. So they have a bot for the Eerie, the Alliance, and then the Vagabond. So they have all the core factions set up and ready to go for bots. That's cool. So we we haven't tried that other than the one we have. So there is probably more variety out there that mm-hmm. we haven't experienced yet. It's just fun. It's not as fun playing with bots because essentially we're playing two players. Like if, it, if there's two bots in you and I, mm-hmm. we each have to play another player. Yeah. And so it's just like, well, that's just not fun. <laughs> right. Or as fun. But I get, well, that's why they do it. Um, yeah. So there's there's definitely stuff out there that helps with that solo experience and expanding on the two-player game. And then we don't even have that last expansion. So we can't really talk to that. Yeah, that's crows and moles. Yeah, the underground duchy and the corvid conspiracy. These names are just crazy. Um Crazy cool? I don't know. They're interesting. There's a lot of thought put into this game. And as we've said in previous episodes of our podcast about different games, you know, when something has an expansion, that always intrigues our interest. So it always comes up and is it worth it? We're always like, well, it has an expansion. (laughs) Usually that means the game has been successful. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure the reason that this game is so successful is not based on the two-player experience. Oh, no. It's it's the war game core mechanic. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, in in a disguise of a woodland creature game. Yeah. Because I think it's pretty cutthroat. It is cutthroat, get... but these creatures are so cute. 
That's true. I mean, and one thing that this game has done uh, outside of Root is I think it's made us more of a fan of leader games. Uh-huh. Leader games has the St. Paul connection, with which if you've been listening to us for our 13 episodes, you know we're from Minnesota originally. Mm-hmm. So we love every story that's coming out of Minnesota. Minnesota is becoming like this weird... Uh, like gaming capital kind yeah of. so we got fantasy flight up there leader games and there's this one Asmodee, called that's right yeah there's one called like chip theory games that's up there and they do they do really cool games uh i'm trying to think of what it's called but of course it's it's slipping my mind right now but there's a lot of cool stuff um coming out of minnesota uh we're looking forward to oath by leader games mm, mm-hmm. um there's one which i don't think i've told you about called fort by leader games it's like a card game where you build it's the same art style as all their games the kind of (laughs) cartoony weirdness Mm -hmm. but you build like a fort like a childhood fort with these cards it's based on another game that one of course is not coming to mind right now either but i definitely have my eyes on everything that leader games is doing yeah good job leader games this um route you can tell uh with all the intricate details of mechanics functioning completely different for each faction i mean i just can't imagine the play testing that that (laughs) went into making sure that all these factions worked in and of themselves but then are somehow balanced in a way but then came to the board and worked together i mean that's quite a feat just a mental and creative feat so bravo uh leader games good job yeah we love it we're looking forward to now Anything you guys do. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) All right. So when we come back, we're going to talk about what we learned about each other or our marriage. Well, that was Root. We're going to be talking about what we learned about each other in our marriage. Yeah. So what did we learn? Well, I think the first thing that pops into my mind based on things we've talked about before is that this is a pretty competitive game. Yeah. You called it a war game. It is. It's it's a it's a big time war game. No, it's not a very much of a war game with two people, which we mentioned, but it still has the main core of it is to get you out of the way, you get me out of the way, and you do that by fighting. Mm-hmm. And if you've listened to our podcast before, you might have picked up on the fact that that is not my thing. I do not usually like that. Um, I have this kind of arbitrary (laughs) scale of like soft competitive all the way to like aggressive. To to no way. Um, To GTFO. Yeah. and And I usually just really can't stand games that get into the more aggressive or directly competitive. But this one, um, doesn't wrong, rub me the wrong way yet. Okay. And so I've been trying to think of, like, why that is. Probably because you're winning every game. <laughs> it might be that. It might be that I'm winning all the time. <laughs> is that Christian keeps on playing different factions and has no idea what he's doing until you have 26 points and then the game's over. Yeah. Although I have lost every single solo game. That's true. But I think the mechanics of those of that cat thing is pretty uh, overpowering. That's a good way to put it. So maybe it's the... I mean, that's not a non-point. Maybe it is the fact that I'm winning all the time. Could be. But you still... Um, like you said, the majority of how you have played this game is solo. 
and you're still losing those and you're going back for more. Yeah. So I've been trying to think about like, why, why is this one not rubbed me the wrong way? Maybe it's because we have only done a two player version and maybe as it gathers more and more players to the table, it would be kind of like a, it's fun till it's not fun experience where I'd be like, (laughs) okay, well, everyone's destroying me or ganging up on me or I'm not getting the alliances I want or nobody's using my stuff properly. Yeah. Um, and that would be frustrating beyond belief and then it wouldn't be I've heard, fun anymore. I've heard that this game is best when everyone plays aggressive. Okay. And you know what? I'm kind of willing to do that on this game. And Okay, so here's my first thought is that Even when fighting is involved, the overall goal of the game is not to fight. The goal of the game is to get 30 victory points. Yep. So that I can get on board with. Okay. Like, as opposed to a game that I have a lot of issues with in the competitive realm, Star Wars Destiny. R.I.P. Too soon? (laughs) Maybe. All right. Well, I'll just say... I the Star Wars Destiny triggers a lot of bad emotions for me in the competitive realm because it is about the goal is for me to kill and eliminate your players. That mm-hmm. is the goal. The goal in Root is to get 30 victory points. If I have to battle you to do so, I mean, tough. So it's like Keyforge. Keyforge yeah. is a race to get your keys. Yeah. And if you have to battle to do it or to stop me to do it. Yeah. You're down. Yeah. Okay. So that softens it a little bit because it always comes back to, in my head, it always comes back to what is the goal? Am I trying, what am I trying to do? Will this fight help me in my goal? Will this, will building this roost help me in my goal? Or all those things. So maybe that's another reason. Yeah. Also, Maybe you need to help me describe this part. I don't, because all the factions are so different in in mechanic and um, and how they play and what they're trying to to do beyond we're all trying to get thirty victory points. How they get the victory points, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, when when I lose, I don't really feel like. I, like, you necessarily played better. Okay. um, Because we were just playing so different. Like, it's like comparing apples and oranges. So, usually when you lose a game, it's like, wow, that person was better at the game than me. Or at least on that night they were. But I feel like when I lose Root, it's like, well... Maybe if you would have been playing my faction, you would have lost too. Because this plays so differently than how you just played. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think so. I mean, with everything that we talked about earlier in the episode, it is so different that I could have a terrible night playing, you know, the river people and somehow squeak out a win. And you did everything correct, but still didn't win. Like, I can, yeah. It's it's uh, interesting to think about because even even though I've never won a solo game, I do feel 
objectively and also subjectively just within my emotions that I have games where I have just felt better about how I played. Like, oh, I got better at the Eerie just now. Like, I played them better. So I, I lost. Yeah, 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 I lost. But you reacted to the situation better than you did last yeah. time. Yeah. You're and making steps to being the perfect bird. The perfect bird. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how my thoughts develop on the directly competitive nature of this once we have our root group. Root group. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm really looking forward to that as well. I was trying to think of something else that I could add to the conversation about what we learned about each other, but I think you... You're really looking forward to being annoying. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, can, so. I can see the little glimmer in your eye. He's really looking forward to like playing these factions that... Are annoying. Are like pop-up or... Um, or even like the, the otters that go up and down the river, like... Oh, you want to trade with me for that thing? I know you're in a vulnerable spot, so I'm going to make that worth four. Yeah. Like a really expensive thing. Yeah. He's going to he's gonna be uh, an annoying player to play with. <laughs> I'm, looking, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the non-traditional like, play styles. Mm-hmm. Some of them have very traditional play styles where it's just like, get a bunch of guys, go to this place, fight, put down your flag. Get a bunch of more guys, go to the next place fight put down your flag and sco- mm-hmm. so and then i i enjoy the ones that are a little bit different mm-hmm. than that where it's not as straightforward mm-hmm. and i think that lends to like the new experience type like we've all played risk however many times you play risk yep. for me it's been uh, 3 in my life <laughs> but it took up a third of your life that's right it's been more than three, but we all know how that works. So you just get the most guys in one place, and then you win. Yeah. Um, and some of the root is like that, and it's it's that those different experiences that I that I tend to lean towards. Mm-hmm. So looking forward to it. Maybe we'll have to do an update on this one once we have our root group. Yeah, I think and... this is a good one to maybe talk about again in like a year or something, just to mm-hmm. see if it's still going strong in in the community it's you know as a whole if it's still going strong with us if we do have that group together like how how many more expansions they have for root in a year like they just keep on they keep on finding new animals (laughs) it's not just that but you got to find like mechanics that work together that's true and that's what's blowing my mind but yeah this is this is kind of a section where we usually have completed thoughts and right now i think this is just kind of like a half-baked thought like we're wondering yeah because our experience is so limited with just it being us two we Uh can't bring other people in we could talk about is we did play this game on tabletop simulator yeah oh yeah we did with with a third person our friend and and we taught him how to play through discord and tts Uh um and it went probably as good as it could have yeah now he he destroyed us he and he is a gamer he has a solid gaming background solid gaming background jason (laughs) super solid do you like how i described that (laughs) it's the highest compliment i can pay so this was not um, a stretch to teach him this game. Yeah, and it, it was definitely, it was more fun. Um, but again, it, they had the whole TTS thing where it just wasn't as fun as it would have been sitting around our dining table. 
I think that's the one where you didn't even get beyond five victory points. Yeah, I was the I was the electrical lizards. Yes, the... <laughs> through the internet. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, whatever. <laughs> oh man. So maybe we'll complete our thoughts on this category in future episodes. Yeah, let's do it. To be continued. To be C. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for staking, sticking with us uh, to, as we wrap up this podcast. Uh, we always like to end with a question that we ask our listeners. Last week, we asked... We asked about what are you playing now that there is some quarantine time going down, or are you even playing, and yeah. how does your experience playing games look different? Yeah, so shout out to everybody who responded. We wanted to um, highlight a few of them. Um, our friend JR, um, who is... My arm is colder than yours. We've talked about him before. He's our Instagram friend. And he mentioned that we have to play Arkham Horror, the card game. Uh, he was one of those that I mentioned was like, you need to play this. And he yelled at me for not <laughs> playing it. And I did it. Okay. I bought it. And I, I am having a lot of fun playing it. So thank you. Um, he's been doing a lot of that as well. Um, and if you check out his Instagram, they're posting a lot. And he about... plays with his wife as well. I know. One of so... us. So, yes, you ha- he, you, he twisted your arm. Yeah, it didn't take much. All right, and then we got a message from Ryan. Ryan. Who has been talking about also playing Arkham LCG and Marvel Champions during social distancing. Yep. And so, you know, those are great games that we now have both of them That's in our right. collection. That's right, for the course. So we say here, here to your suggestions. And he asked us about dexterity games. And we realized we've played Maybe a couple of dexterity games, but I don't think we own any. No, we don't. He said he's been playing SEAL Team Flicks, which sounds awesome. Um, I haven't even looked at what that is, but just based on the name, it sounds cool. Um, what should we play if we play a dexterity game? This is I what know, we need to know. I know there's a lot of like balancing ones. Those aren't fun. Jenga? You're not going to play Jenga? <laughs> like the, the ones, when when someone says dexterity game, mm-hmm. I think of like flicking stuff. So like obviously well, SEAL Team flicks, but then there's also like um, flick em up. Have you seen that on Instagram at all, Angela? No, I'm thinking of like cat stacks and dog stacks. I don't even, what is that? They're just at the end caps at Target okay. where you literally try to stack cats and dogs, I think. <laughs> like the pig in a barrel thing, you like the dice one? <laughs> As, as you can see, we are very versed in yeah, dexterity games. We need help. So this is not the question of the week, but like, what should we play if, if we're going to play a dexterity game? Let's just say there's another gift card burning a hole in my pocket again, <laughs> and I need something to buy. What would you suggest for dexterity games? This goes to Ryan specifically, and also anyone else who's listening. Um, so thanks again, Ryan. Um, also, huge... Huge, 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 huge shout out to our friend Zach from New Zealand. What did Zach do? I mean, Zach, we really don't like to play favorites, but I think you might have taken the cake on this one. He wrote in, said that he found our podcast a few weeks back while searching um, for a new board game podcast. Love that. And that he is also a dad of two young kids, so he relates to our situation or Christian's situation specifically specifically. Specifically, and that um, 
he went and he answered all 10 of the episode's questions that he had listened to that that at that time. Yeah, so he when he emailed us, he had listened to episode 10, which was Chronicles of Crime, and he went back from the very beginning and answered all 10 episodes of questions. That didn't make sense. Clear that up. Yeah, so he took <laughs> each episode, the question we asked, and he wrote a paragraph on it. And it was amazing. I mean, my favorite part is that he told us what he was going to do in the beginning of the year, and he said, strap in. Yep. Yeah, and we did. I was did. like, I am strapped in. I'm ready to go. I think it's and- awesome because I was not a good student at school, and I don't think I wrote a paper in college that was this long. <laughs> Zach, you... Nailed it. Nailed it. And he said at the end, sorry and you're welcome. Yeah, and then my a couple of my favorite things that he did say, he... Um, that I just wanted to highlight. He loves Star Realms. Um, Star Realms is pretty great. You can get that at Target. Personally, I've never played it, but I, I think I tried the digital version when it was free. Um, so he, he's really into that, and he loves um, Chronicles of Crime is one of his favorites, and he and he realizes that for us it wasn't one of our favorite games. So it made him sad. Yeah, it's still a great game. It's just not one of our favorites. Well, and I would say, Zach... We thought Chronicles of Crime was a great experience, just not a game. Yeah. So don't be discouraged. There we go. He's been he's he loves D and D podcasts, which I got a suggestion for him. If you're listening, Zach, check out Dungeons and Daddies podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, I was snoring. Yeah, you you made you made the worst (laughs) face I've ever seen you make before. Anyways, (laughs) listen to a couple episodes of that, and then let me know how you feel. I think it's hilarious, highly inappropriate at times, but it's really funny. Um, so Zach, uh, big shout out. I don't even know. I'm like, I'm giving you like praise hands <laughs> behind the microphone and I realize you can't see that. We love that you took praise hands. <laughs> we love that you took the time to to write to us. And I love how you ended the the email saying, like, I will write you again in ten more episodes after ten on episode twenty with another novella of answers love it so we are looking forward to that we appreciate that and we appreciate everyone who does uh reach out to us on instagram and twitter and email we always love hearing from our listeners we really do i mean i can't tell you how much we enjoy the interaction of the whole board game community whether it's through instagram or email um even if it's not about a like a question we specifically ask on our podcast but you should know that when we get these feedback emails, we immediately, well, now we're with each other. So we just, we, <laughs> all the time, we run into the next room and we're like, did you see we got an email? Did you see we got an email? Yeah. Yeah. And we read it together because we're excited. We had to take turns on Zach's because it was so long. <laughs> we're getting out of breath. But let's, let's move on to, to this, this week's question. Um, this is another uh, quarantine um focused question um what game are you most looking forward to playing in your game group or with family and friends once this is all over yeah obviously angela and i are we're stuck together uh through this, i mean uh, we're cherishing every minute we through have this whole together. moment uh through this whole thing so I, I want the question to be like beyond who you're in your house with like so you, when you have your friends over for the first time after this is all over, what are you guys going to play? What's your I, answer? I think for us, 
after this podcast, for me, it's root. I'm not looking forward to p teaching it to other people because it is so involved, but I just need to play this game with more than two people. I thought you were going to say D&D. I'm not on a D&D kick right now. Okay. I enjoy it, but right now it's just not my thing, and maybe that's the coldness of board games. That it's just like, I just don't want to do that right now. Okay. All right. I think I'm just looking forward to... I mean, I guess I could probably pick out games that I would not want to play, but in general, I'm just looking forward to being around the table with people again, regardless of yeah what the game is. I have so many unwrapped Starbursts for all my friends. Oh my they, goodness. When so they come many. over. So many. <laughs> He's just unwrapping Starbursts in preparation. That's right. So... Yeah, so please uh, answer that question or just... Ask us any question you want yeah. um, over at Instagram, at Married and Board. Our email address is hello at marriedandboard.com. And you can find us on Twitter as well. But I think I think that does it. That does it. Thanks for sticking around for this um, slightly longer episode. Yeah, you know, I I was looking at our episode links mm -hmm. before we started this. And we're like, it's like every other. It's like long, short, long, short, long, short, long, short. Oh, it's a pattern. It is a pattern. Our six-year-old would have caught onto that yeah and just so you know before every single recording christian goes i don't think i have much to say about this game to this time and so, then he ends up talking about it for a long time yep sorry he's a man of few words but he has a lot of big thoughts so <laughs> we will uh look forward to meeting you over the microphone for our next episode yeah and i think we'll plug it again we're gonna try to do a special episode on solo board games um that is outside our normal release schedule. So maybe yeah. in a week, maybe in 10 days, but maybe in a week. Yes. Hang in there for that. TBD. Until then, stay healthy. Yeah. Have stay fun, safe, guys. Friends. Play some games. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Married and Board podcast. And guess what? We have a website where you can listen to podcast episodes and so much more. Find us at marriedandboard.com, or you can email us at hello at marriedandboard.com, or follow us on Instagram at marriedandboard. Music in this episode is by Joseph McDay. See you next time. Minnesota. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> You gotta delete that. <laughs>